This is the Building a Leadership Culture Podcast, hosted by Bruce Gresham, the Principal Strategic Advisor of Applied Vision Works. An in-depth look at how Bruce and President Don Hadley help businesses reach their long-term goals. Here's your host, Bruce Gresham. Welcome to Building a Leadership Culture Podcast, brought to you by Applied Vision Works. I'm your host, Bruce Gresham, and it has been an awesome five or six months since I joined the Applied Vision Works team. We're a business coaching firm that partners with business owners and teams to build a better quality of life, stronger organizations, and attain greater achievements. You can learn more at AppliedVisionWorks.com or give me a call at 919-739-2980. You know, one of the things that really attracted me to working at Applied Vision Works, other than the team and the awesome clients, is that our founder, Don Hadley, has a great book called The Journey to Meaning. Not only is it fun, and it's based on a true story that he kind of went through as a business owner, but there are really powerful worksheets at the end of each chapter that help business owners assess where their business currently stands and helps them determine the next steps in their journey. The first five folks who email me at bgresham at appliedvisionworks.com and request a copy of the book will receive a free digital copy to read on their iPad or tablet of their choice. Uh, You can also get physical copies of the book at amazon.com. So in part two of driving a thriving culture during growth and expansion, we're speaking again with Richard Williams, president of Lineage based in Charlotte, North Carolina. They have offices across the country. They help their clients with shipping and mailing needs and really have a varied grouping of services, products, software that they provide their clients. They're really kind of a one-stop shop. I'm impressed with what they do and, and how they do it. Richard, welcome back. Thank you. So we talked a lot in part one of this podcast around kind of your three keys to driving a thriving culture during growth and expansion. Number one was around leadership, as you put it, lighting the candle for your key people and then them lighting the culture candle all the way throughout the organization, having clear measurements and a plan, almost a report card, if you will, for culture, and then really not trading dollars for culture. So if someone's not a good culture fit, even if they are performing at a high level, selling at a high level, you, you need really the key people there that are not only going to perform, but also really buy the, the culture, if you will. So in part two of our conversation, I really want to talk through how you and and your parents built the culture of lineage and then maybe kind of walk through what your associate's journey is as they learn about your organization or hired by your organization, come in and and stay with with your organization. And what are the critical parts of the culture? How did you guys arrive at your culture? How kind of long of a journey was it for you all? I'd say the length of the journey has been ever since we've been in business. So, you know, from 1940 (laughs) today. So 36 years, basically. But there's really kind of, I think, two critical points if you look at Lineage's culture. So when my dad started the business, one of the things that he believed, as he says, is you are your brother's keeper. And so what his thought process was, employees come here, they make a good earning, you know, they they earn good money while they're here, but how does their future get taken care of? And so he put a plan in place to 
put profit sharing into the employee's account for them to retire on. So they're not going to leave here with a gold watch after 25 years. They're going to actually have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so that was the first piece. And then that morphed into, um, well, we're doing really well. We're making good money. Let's share bonuses with people based on how well the company does in addition to that. And so that was the second phase of it. Another piece was, you know, integrity. There's a famous story about integrity that we tell in the lineage family. I don't have time to get into it here because we could probably most of this podcast to get into it, but integrity was one of the key pieces of our culture. And there's reasons behind it, even as the foundation and the formation of this company. But basically the story is my dad had integrity to tell somebody that he worked for that he couldn't work for them because he didn't he didn't, you know, believe in them and he didn't think they were a good leader. And his boss ended up firing that employee and giving my dad a stock certificate. And that stock certificate became worth fifty thousand dollars back in the eighties and my dad used used that to found lineage. And the story's much deeper than Incredible. that for this. But it was because he was willing to stand up for what he believed in, you know, and that and that's what he believes. I mean, if you can't work for somebody and if you're going to say something bad about the person you work for, then don't work for them. And so that really comes back to integrity. And that became a, a foundation piece. Family culture. There's pictures in the, you know, in the lineage history books of my parents standing at the grill, grilling hot dogs and hamburgers for their employees. And they put that into the company. We'd have tailgate parties at football games. We would go to baseball games together. We would do picnics together. And those things still continue today. You know, company Christmas parties with spouses included. Not a lot of companies are doing that anymore and they've morphed them into other types of parties. But I think those are really the kind of the two core values that they had put into the company. When I came along, we added some additional pieces, compassion, uh, to have compassion for people outside of lineage to where we do work for nonprofit organizations and we also support nonprofit uh, you know, charities and so on and so forth through our time and talents. But we also have compassion for our own employees because what I came to learn, we started doing the outside first and I came to realize that I had employees in our midst that were hurting and I didn't even know it. But once it came to me that that was happening, that's when we set up the caring teams that I talked about in, in part one of this series. And so the way we kind of look at compassion is, you know, when you look at that, you want to, we define it as be compassionate to others, both personally and professionally. But our behaviors are this, be mindful of the needs of others and then act upon them. It's one thing to see somebody as hurting, but if you just walk by them, you didn't really help them. And then the second way we define it is give of your time, talents, and resources. The second phase for us was bringing in a purpose statement, a mission statement, and additional core values. When we brought those in, Bruce, I look at it this way. Core values need to be a, a blend of a couple of things. One, who is it that you really are? So integrity and family culture were things that we identified that we were. And then I think core values also have to be, who do you want to be? Because if it's just about who you are, there's really no room for growth in that. And if it's all just about who you want to be, well, then it's just pie in the sky for your employees. So we're very transparent with our employees and we say, hey, we live into these two or three culture pieces really well and these other areas we're growing. That's how we look at it. And so we're on a journey. It's a journey that never ends to your point. And you know, one item that you spoke to in part one was really about hiring for culture. So not only are you hiring for aptitude, but just as important, you're looking for a cultural fit. And many, many times we'll find that business owners, business leaders, that's almost an afterthought. And it only comes up during the hiring process when someone is clearly not a fit, but it sounds like it's ingrained in your hiring process and just as critical as people's skills and passion. Absolutely. We will ask questions in the interview process and we will also test for different culture fits. 
And if somebody's not a fit, they won't make the next step because I can't change the negative Nancy or sometimes I would used to, I don't refer to people like this anymore, but I used to call them lifetime. Lifetime is that drama, that person that always has that drama that follows them, that they create themselves. It's like the, it's like the cloud that followed uh, Linus on the peanuts. You know, I'm dating myself now, but they have this black cloud and that black cloud follows your organization because they're always raining on everybody else with their negativity. And there's really two ways I talk to my employees about improving culture. A, leadership is the first way. If we lead well and we hire well, we'll change the culture. But the second way is over time, the people that are not culture fits that are in your organization, you move them out and then you don't replace them with non-culture fits. And so there's two ways to move your numbers or to move your, your scorecard. I think there's the top-down approach, which is very important, but there's also the approach of getting rid of the the 5 or 10% or 20% that aren't a good culture fit and then looking to hire people that are. And that will have the biggest impact on your organization when you do those two things together, lead well, and then make sure the people you're bringing in to replace the ones that aren't good culture fits or are great culture fits themselves. Culture sounds like it's such a key part or the key part of – your associate's journey as they you know, go through the hiring process, they're onboarded, and, and then as they, they stay at Lineage. Let me just really quickly go way off topic, but did you see peanuts? You, know, you see you're dating yourself, but I feel like generations of people have been watching those, especially during the fall with Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving, the Great Pumpkin at Halloween. I just read an article a couple of days ago. It's so interesting that you mentioned peanuts that for as long as I can remember, it was always on broadcast TV, and now it's no longer on broadcast TV. Um, it's actually on Apple TV. So you have to have you at least have to have access to Apple TV. It's they're going to sh- allow people to watch those for free. But that's something. Those three things that I always watched as a kid. It was a big part of our family, and my wife and I have adopted that, and and now we've got to figure out how to get Apple TV on our regular TV. <laughs> Had you seen that? I did see it. It's probably why that reference came into my mind so yeah. readily. I did I did see that a few days ago, and it's probably why it came to my mind. But I've I've used that point to illustrate it with you know within my management team you know more than a few times, either the lifetime one or the uh, peanuts one. You know, from that perspective. Yeah, those are those are just such timeless cartoons. They're pretty pretty incredible. So you're listening to part two of driving a thriving culture during growth and expansion. We have. Richard Williams of Lineage. They have been in business for over 30 years. They help clients with mailing, shipping needs and have offices in several different areas in the Southeast, Northeast, and the Midwest. As always, you can find more about Applied Vision Works at AppliedVisionWorks.com or give me a call at 919-739-2980. So getting off of peanuts and back on uh, culture, we talked a little bit about kind of the hiring process and how culture is ingrained in that. Going to the next step of the associate journey, really kind of onboarding. Talk through how culture is ingrained in the onboarding process for associates of lineage. Bruce, as we were developing our culture and we were formalizing our, our five core values and our mission and purpose statement, I went to each office and you know, made a presentation to our employees of how we got there, why we were going there, why it's important, which ones were we living into, which ones were more aspirational, and kind of covered the whole gamut. 
And then I had this epiphany. We're at about 106 employees. And I'm like, what's it going to be like when the next person walks through the door and gets hired at Lineage a month later, six months later, a year later, whatever? I'm not going to be there sitting at the table, you know, when they're doing their onboarding paperwork and they're being onboarded into the company. And so one of the things that we did was we filmed a video about a, I'd say, I think it's about a 15 minute, 20 minute video where I talk about the culture of Lineage and, and who we are. And I welcome the employee to the company. It's actually also on our website and we've actually had people approach us about coming to work here because they've seen it, but it's really an onboarding tool. But we did post on our website and first time in a potential somebody we were going to hire um, <laughs> said, Hey, I saw your video. I'm like, how do you see my video? You're not an employee here. Well, my marketing coordinator had put it on the website, but that's what people want to know, right? They want to know what are they stepping into as an organization? You know, where are they going and, and what's it going to be like for them? That's really important to people. And so that's become a, a piece for us is that we, we want to be transparent with people about what the culture is like in the hiring process, but we also want to tell them how we got to the culture that we have so that we can allow them to catch up and, and get on the same page with the rest of our employees. And so you've hired the associate, they've been onboarded. And then from the conversations that we've had in the past, it's very clear to me you have many, many long-term associates that stay with you and have long tenures. And you know, you have some examples of folks being with you for a while, leaving, and then and then even eventually coming back into leadership positions, that kind of thing. How does culture play into kind of performance reviews, feedback, ongoing learning and, and education within lineage? The way I think that culture plays into that is if you just review somebody on the metrics of their numbers, what their production looks like or how their collection process works or whatever, you, or if they're a service tech, you know, what are their KPIs and that look like? you're really not getting the whole picture because that's the work they're accomplishing, but you don't really have an understanding of how they're fitting into your organization and how they're not only serving your customers, but how they're serving their fellow employees. So one of the ways that I think about it is you take your core values and you look at it from a three-point perspective. And this comes out of a book called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. What it's about is it's, it's about looking at it from this point of view. Like we'll take an integrity, for example, within the lineage family. In integrity, I'm going to look at an employee and like, do they have integrity as we define it and as we define the behaviors? And if they have it and they do it every day or 90% of the time, you know, you give them a, a plus. If they do it 60% of the time and maybe 40% of the time, they're not doing everything that you would want to see them in the behaviors category. And I don't mean that they're cheating the company. I mean that maybe they're... Uh, when they see a wrong happening, maybe they don't speak up enough. And that's one of our behaviors. And maybe you, then you give them a neutral. And then if they're never speaking up and they're uh, also uh, not living into it themselves, maybe not being truthful or, or what your definition is, you give them a minus. Well, if you take your five core values, the way we look at it is I'd like people to have at least three pluses and two neutrals. Neutrals are something that I think I can change over time. If they have any minuses and you want to put a plan together to move those to neutral or plus, because minuses are going to be people that are going to fight the culture. And so I look at it this way. If somebody scores lower than that, ultimately, if I can't move them up, we have to move them out because they're just not going to live into enough of your core values or enough of your culture to be somebody who's going to enhance it. They're going to be somebody who takes away from it and subtracts from it. And you surely don't want that. You know, you want people to be enhancing your culture because it's not only the leaders that have to lead it, but as I say to my employees, we have to live it together. You have to live it. If it's just people leading it and nobody's following, you're not really getting to where you want to go. What's maybe one of your favorite examples of how the culture has 
helped your business, helped your team, or really helped an individual, whether it be someone that works at Lineage or, or even a client? I guess I'll talk about a current example. It's not my most favorite example because it's personal and it, it has tragedy to it. But Matt, and you and I have talked about this, Bruce, in the past. In about four months, we had a manager die unexpectedly. It's horrible. He leaves a wife and a daughter that's in college and and a wife that was a stay-at-home mom. And now this family has a tremendous amount of pressure on on themselves financially. And what's really been amazing to me is to see my employees embrace compassion for this family. And we're currently raising funds for this family to offset their daughter's education for college. And we have a foundation with a lineage called Lineage Foundation, and we're matching, but it's not about that. I'm enjoying seeing my employees step up and maybe contribute as little as $10 or maybe contribute as much as three or $400 to somebody they have never met because he worked in one location and there's four would have never met him. And so to see people have that compassion and be willing to step forward for a person they never knew, but to be able to put themselves in the shoes of the family that's left behind, that's probably my favorite story to date right at this second, even uh, though there's uh, some pain involved with that story. It's a very powerful story and it's incredible how you and your team have really rallied around this family. And it it seemed to really come not only second nature to you, but to the entire lineage team. And it's second nature because it's ingrained in your culture. You've done this before, maybe not exactly this exact thing, but you've you all have been taking care of each other now for years and years and years, and it's just cemented into the culture. That's correct. Unfortunately, we've had this happen once before, about 2002, and it is it is becoming cemented. But again, people change, right? So mm-hmm. the people that were here in 02 are not necessarily all here today. People retire. They move on sometimes. And so you really need to, like we said, culture is a journey and it's a never ending journey. You have to be focusing on it, on it 24-7 because if you don't, it erodes very quickly and takes a long time to build up culture because you got to build trust with your employees. You may have to show them, you know, for one mistake you make, you may have to show them 10 positive things in that area to make up for that one because we all have a tendency at times to look at the glass half empty. And when you do it that way, sometimes it takes time of doing a a lot of things right over a longer period of time to get people to see that you really have changed as a company or you've changed as a person. And so that's a key to it. And that's why it has to be ongoing. And that's why you have to be very protective of it when you hire and onboard. And that's why we are so protective of it because you get one or two bad people in and then three good people leave. And now you're down five because you got to replace the two bad plus the three good ones you lost as a result of not really saying culture is non- So very true. Richard really enjoyed the conversation in parts one and part two of driving a thriving culture during growth and expansion. How can people learn more about Lineage? And are there any kind of closing thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? Gave our website earlier, but we're www.trustlineage.com. You can learn about us there. I would say my thoughts about the subject matter would be this. I think first and foremost, you have to act. You have to figure out what it is that you want to accomplish as it relates to your culture and then do something. Action will create forward momentum within your company. You can't sit there and just plan and think about it. And you need to do it from a place of integrity or from a place of that it's really who you are. You can't be fake about it because your employees will see right through that. If you, you know, lots of corporations 
do this culture thing with their core values and a marketing company dreams us all up. It was a three-month process for us to develop our purpose, mission, and core values. We worked through it over time. We didn't do it in a one-hour session. And by doing it that way, it's got some familiarity to your employees because part of it is who you are today. And I think authentic is really the word I was looking for. You need to be authentic about what you're doing and admit where you're falling short and be honest and transparent about that, but also be authentic in how you develop your culture. Because if it's developed by a marketing group, somebody who's going to just come in and write five glowing core values and a purpose and mission statement, as we call it in lineage, nobody's ever going to put that pair of jeans on. You want them to put the pair of jeans on that's your culture. And then by having a plan and a strategy, we like to use the lighthouse example. If you don't have this defined, then where are you really going? And how are you going to make decisions? Because one of the things that was interesting when we launched our culture and our purpose and mission statement, there was a few things that probably weren't quite in alignment where they were. And people would call it on the carpet. Hey, there's this policy. And we don't really think it lives into our purpose statement or into our culture of you know, this particular core value. And then you have an open and honest conversation about it through the lens of your core values and your purpose and mission statement. And when you do that, then people say, okay, they're serious about living it. And then you align your company with where you're going and you go towards your lighthouse. And I tell my employees this analogy, we're going to go to our lighthouse or we're going to run towards our lighthouse, however you want to say it. We're going to make a mistake. We're not going to always live perfectly under our culture, but we're going to get back up, dust ourselves off and continue the journey in the same direction and admit our mistakes and apologize and make things right by our clients, by our employees, by their families, whatever it may be. But we're going to move forward and we're going to take another step towards the lighthouse or, you know, move towards the lighthouse, if you will. And I think when you do that, people see that it's for real and that it's authentic. And it's just not the flavor of the month of what we're going to talk about in the corporate world or in a corporation. Richard, thank you so much for the time in parts one and part two of driving a thriving culture during growth and expansion. Really enjoyed the conversation. And as always, folks, really appreciate Chris Hooks and the team at WPTF 680 AM for putting this all together. It's been an interesting journey during COVID, having all of this recorded in three different places with guests and myself and Chris all being uh, separated. But as you can hear, it all turns out well. So big thanks as always to Chris. Thank you everyone for listening to Building a Leadership Culture podcast. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast with Applied Vision Works Principal Strategic Advisor, Bruce Gresham. Questions, concerns? Please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800-786-4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works.